Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Glasgow Food Chat. Join us every second week as we bring you the latest and best from the city's food scene. Today... It really has to be a rebalancing of our lives as much as you, know, you can't just turn around tomorrow and say we're going to be a sustainable city. I think I cried about three times, you know, I've got videos, it's just, everyone was just going crazy. Waiting lists in Glasgow for allotment spaces are at an all-time high. I think it's around seven years at the moment. Hello Glasgow and welcome to our next episode of Glasgow Food Chat. I'm Sarah Campbell, a reporter for the Glasgow Times, and I'm joined by my co-host, Paul Trainer from the Glasgowist. Hello. And hello to our guests. We've got three amazing, quite eclectic guests this week. We've got uh, Joanna from 5 March. Hello. We've got uh, Rebecca, who runs Rebecca Cooks, is her own private caterer and champion of Scottish sustainability, growing your own food. And we have Maya, better known as Nightwave, maybe, a resident DJ uh, at La Cheetah for years, who is also doing some great things. With COP26, which is kind of our focus today, it's sustainability. I'm sure you guys have noticed, unless you're living under a rock in Glasgow, this is kind of the main focus. So, do you know if Paul, do you want to tell us a bit more about why we chose sustainability? Or I think it was just uh, it was a logical extension of all the conversations that we've been having this week. And uh, as as Sarah will know better than me, the, the newsroom has been buzzing with chat about what's happening on uh, across the city, and this is a chance to like. Find out what our guests, uh, what what their perspective has been on this climate um, conference as it arrives in amongst uh, the city, but also just to think about like our own attitudes and, and what's going to change in the city once this circus rolls out um, and disappears. Whether there's going to be a dividend and whether this is uh, some this conversation that we started here is something that we're, we're wanting to continue. So I wonder, will we maybe start with? Well, let's chat to Joanna, because I was actually in one of Joanna's restaurants last night. Oh, goodness, I hope they look after you. Uh, so, Joanna, you've got five marks, and, you know, like you've expanded out from that, you've now got a presence on Great Western Road, and you're down at SWG3. Now, SWG3, as well as being a usual kind of uh, venue and all that kind of stuff, uh, it's been taken over by the New York Times, um, and they have a climate hub down there. They've been hosting yeah. um, all kinds of discussions down mm-hmm. there, and... Uh, You've also got a special menu on, on down there. Tell, tell me about that. So they asked that over um, over the Climate Hub and over the residency that we made the entire menu vegetarian, which we found is quite mm-hmm. a common thing for a lot of the companies that have been coming in. So even with 5 March, we've had quite a few larger companies coming in to do private dinners, and majoritively they are looking towards kind of vegetarian menu just for the obvious kind of carbon footprint. Carbon, yeah. You know. And um, in terms of like developing the menu and thinking about how you can uh, kind of change what you would usually have on the menu what do you think is different what's the key differences in terms of what you would have there as uh, for this menu for cop rather than what you would have usually well certainly um we're actually we kind of always focus with with local suppliers anyway so to be honest in terms of what we're doing it's something that's actually been quite enjoyable with cop because there's been so much focus on sustainability which yeah. because we're quite a young company I mean, when we opened Five March, it was only three years ago, and I think that sustainability was already quite kind of prevalent in a lot of people's minds. Yeah. 
So before we opened, we'd already discussed the fact that we really wanted to try and champion this. We do it quite quietly. We don't use it as a selling point because we do believe that it should be an industry standard if you're a new company that's kind of setting itself up at the moment. So thankfully, we've got some amazing chefs that are very well versed in, you know, pickling and fermentation and and the the small things that you can utilize to make sure that you are actually using as much of your produce as possible. Um, Even just little bits like using kind of the stranger cut so that, you know, if you're using, if you're, if you're cooking animals then it's kind of more nose to tail so it was really fortuitous for us because when people were asking us to put these menus out they were already yeah. things we either had on the menu or we were quite familiar with and um, so we've been fortunate in that the changes haven't been too significant which is quite nice because it's quite a lot to cope with anyway um but certainly i think it has really geared glasgow towards kind of looking down more of a vegetarian route which i don't think is ever going to be a bad thing yeah, and um, my uh, this has been an exciting week for you because we've I've, I've talked to you before about uh, uh, projects that you've been involved with in terms of supporting the indigenous people in, in the Amazon rainforest, mm-hmm. um, and they actually are, are in uh, some of them are in the city here. Um, tell me about like what that's been like in terms of uh, meeting up with folk and and, and realizing some aspects of, of the work that you've been involved in over the pandemic and beyond. Yeah, it's just really exciting to have um, Indigenous presence in Glasgow and have them here spreading the message from the forest, from the people that are actually the first to be affected by climate change, even though they've been protecting and regulating forests for thousands of years. So to have them all here in Glasgow is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's once in a lifetime opportunity to have this over here. So tell tell me about about what your week's been like and and what, uh, what, what... has been happening in terms of lobbying and trying to influence the world leaders here to Um, think about? So the group I'm working with have come here not really to speak so much with the leaders because we all know that that doesn't have that much impact. (laughs) Obviously also speaking to the politicians, but mainly to just reach out to the general public and just really see how our own choices affect people um, like the indigenous communities. Um, So we've had live streams and protests and meeting um a couple of days ago we met up with the scottish business community with net zero to see how we can all work together and build alliances for the future we've had yeah. little ceremonies and um song circles things like that just just to try and really connect two cultures they also went and visited the scottish rainforest which a lot of people don't know we have our own little um, rainforest that's very precious and rare as well. So it's an ecosystem that um, only exists up here. So they went and visited that, which was really nice. But yeah, it's been a full-on week, but super important. Yeah. So uh, Sarah, uh, Rebecca knows a lot about the food and drink scene in, in Glasgow, but she also uh, she 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 grows her own potatoes, which is not something that I, <laughs> I, I say about about many of the people that I follow on, on, on Instagram. So uh, you know, like maybe she yeah. could uh, tell us a bit more about that side. Well, it's it. definitely from the rainforest to the allotments <laughs> yeah, not, of the south side. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not so much tropical fruit or anything, but potatoes definitely <laughs> not, grow well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was lucky enough to get my name um, on an allotment <clears throat> based in the south side about four years ago now. <clears throat> and given the fact that waiting lists in Glasgow for allotment spaces are at an all-time high, I think it's around seven years at the moment. I've had no friends who put their put their names down and they've been told, yeah, a good seven years, you're 300 on the list. So you're essentially waiting for someone as morbid as it sounds to pop their clogs or for someone to get bored and move on um 
So I am very aware that I'm fortunate to have that growing space, but I think if anything, COP's probably going to highlight the need for more growing spaces across Glasgow because yeah. there, there is this um, desire for it and there's obviously the requirement. I mean, Joanna's spoken about um, the local the seasonality across the menus in her restaurants. And I think having that across Glasgow, the, the allotments themselves, even the community gardens, it's still a small scale and hopefully COP26 will maybe be able to push that on a wider scale. Um, there's lots of companies like Lockvore who've got these larger gardens which are actually producing food on a much wider scale. But I think it takes people like the government, like the councils to actually put that money up front and actually make that more of a circular economy within Glasgow. Do you think it's doable, Rebecca? Like, say, if more people had access to their own allotments, do you think that like, you could incorporate that quite well into your like daily routine if you're cooking dinners and stuff? Do you think it's? I mean, kind of got the climate for it. Yes, I know. I mean, I think having the allotment, what it did uh, make me realise very quickly was just how seasonal. Um, <laughs> growing stuff in Scotland is I was like oh, I'll grow asparagus and I'll grow all these Italian herbs and to be quite honest the allotments like waterlogged 90% of the time um, in Glasgow so it does make you very aware of what's in season um, don't get me wrong I don't eat seasonally all year I'd be eating potatoes turnips and maybe some salad if I was lucky the entire year but yeah I think it's something that can be adopted um in a day-to-day life it's just getting people that access to it well actually joanna that's quite interesting because i wanted to say as well with you guys you've obviously got your a thing swg3 but i think five march as well is taking part in plate up for glasgow is that right yes i think that's i don't know about you guys or if you've tried any of the dishes or anything but i think that's one of the most exciting things to be coming out of cop 26 at the moment if you're into food and drink i just think that's fantastic like what kind of dishes have you guys been doing I think it is, it is incredibly exciting to have on the minute to, to kind of work with Glasgow because it does, I think, kind of does suggest they're taking things seriously. Um, mm. So, I mean, we've just got, so we've got one of them's a, a beetroot tartare. I mean, it's, it's obviously locally grown, but it's just using it in all these different ways. So, you know, you're kind of using it to actually roast and then you're using it to make puree. And then it's just kind of using all the all the parts of it. Uh, another dish we've got is a halibut. And then with the um, with the bones as a fish, um, we're cooking down all the stocks. And, you know, it's, it's little things that, that sound quite simple, but I think something that's really important to consider, and it's actually something Rebecca was just saying you know in terms of of making time for for having an allotment or it really has to be a rebalancing of our lives as much as you you can't just turn around tomorrow and say we're going to be a sustainable city when people are having to work more hours you know the standard of living is a lot lower than it's been for an awful long time so actually what we need to see is you know a rise in minimum wage and a rise in like the conditions of our lives um, and the priorities that we all have as well you know if you work seven days a week to try and pay your rent when do you go to an allotment yeah. If you look at you know cities like Berlin. You know everybody has an allotment just outside the city, but generally quite a lot of people also just work four days a week because they can, they can. You know there's there's ways and means. Berlin obviously is changing quite significantly now, but in previous years when it's been a far kind of cheaper city to live in, obviously not the case now that it's become what it's become. But it's you know it's just a whole different shift of of the way we live and the way we treat ourselves and the way we view our life. Yeah. Um, so it kind of has to be met with some pretty significant shakeups from mm-hmm. the council, but also from the way we see the economy and how it works. And, um, you know, I'd love to think it's as simple as tomorrow everyone gets time to go to an allotment. But, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, get home at work at seven o'clock. You're not going to mm-hmm. go in. We get, you know, half the summer it's, you know, it's it's raining. And then mm-hmm. the whole winter it's dark by six. So you're not going to go yeah. and sit in the dark in your allotment and try and 
and plough your tiny field. It just doesn't really work like that. So I think it's it's kind of got to be a far broader approach to, to, to life rather than just the kind of smaller aspect of whether we can actually grow things in our country. Yeah. Maya, you'd said to me before, you didn't, uh, when I interviewed you, you'd said to me about like one of the things over lockdown, you'd kind of reconnected a little bit to the park space and the fact that Glasgow is this kind of place that you can go out for walks and you can kind of get a little bit of an escape from the, the, the tenemental environment um there's a kind of there's a bit of a, a food and drink aspect to that because you find that people are wandering around the neighborhood a wee bit more and they're maybe spotting different places and even just the whole ritual of of walking down and getting your usual coffee and having a bit of chat mm. um that's kind of interesting do you think that people are maybe kind of thinking a bit more about how they they use glasgow as a as a, a city that has a lot of greenery we don't have rainforests but we do have a hell of a lot of parks we do, yeah. And I think, well, we all know in lockdown when we were kind of housebound, the only joy was often to just go for a walk and have that one takeout coffee. That, I yeah. mean, that was the biggest treat for me. And then walking about in the snow. and um, But also I noticed a lot of people started foraging things in the parks, you know, like wild garlic and berries. <laughs> yeah. and, you got to be careful um, what you're foraging in Glasgow Green, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a whole other story. But um, <laughs> I live I live in Cathcart, so I've got Lynn Park just around the corner. And it's just, yeah. I mean, it's so beautiful. Um, yeah, we're really lucky to have here. And there are actually a lot of things to forage. So I'm trying to learn a little bit about Amazing. that as well. Yeah. Yeah, have you found anything? Because I swear down, I see people post about wild garlic. I don't know, there's probably a season for it, but I swear yeah. there's about on my Instagram every now and again, people find these beautiful fields. And I'm like, that looks like grass. How have you found this? Like, I don't understand. It smells really incredible. Like, if you're walking, mm. if you're walking by wild garlic, you really can. If, if you kind of would I know if I had, do you think? Is it maybe just me? You would know. It's oh, you'd know. <laughs> I think that's maybe one of the positives to come out of lockdown, as you were saying, Joanna, that shift is needed, that cultural shift is needed. And I think definitely I've found there's been a bit more lenience towards the kind of work-life balance. Um, it's maybe different in the food and drinks um, sector. I know long hours are, are standard across the board. Um, I actually work in construction uh, nine to five. so But I do even feel that that has become a little bit more well, people are going to a little bit easier on their employers, yeah. I think. I wonder about if that extends to, you know, like, Joanna, do you think that people are, are treasuring their moments when they do engage in hospitality? Are they maybe kind of like treating it more of something that they really need to immerse themselves in and enjoy, you know, getting dressed up and really going for it when they, they and trying to uh, enjoy and find the right side of the house? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, people coming back after the the major lockdowns I mean it was amazing like some of them obviously just went totally the wrong way and just realized they could drink in public and like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know Glasgow is still very yeah. um, but no I mean I think the joy people took because uh, we were quite worried you know there just seems to be this kind of latent stress in everyone right now and it's this kind of underlying like a lot of people just are a bit tetchy and we were worried yeah. kind of coming to the restaurant because obviously the guys working have also gone through the same thing so they're all feeling a bit on edge because you know, they've been told not to go outside because something could kill them and then they're put in a room mm. full of all these people. It's quite a testing time for everyone. But in actuality, and we've always had amazing people come to Five Arts. We're so lucky with the people that come in. People were just so happy to be out. I mean, they were falling all over themselves, thanking you for having them and, you know, being yeah. really respectful of all the rules we put in place for COVID and, you know, sanitising and wearing their masks. And it was it was great. It, it almost formed this little, like, community bond again that, like, we're all going through something together. Mm -hmm. Um 
it was actually it was, it was it's slightly emotional for a black-hearted woman. It was slightly emotional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, Maya, you must be feeling that. I mean, food and drink aside for a second, you've obviously, like, clubs and stuff are opening up again. That must be quite exciting for you because that industry mm. really did take even even longer than hospitality. It must be quite yeah. weird for you. Yeah, I think, I mean, I was out of work for about a year and a half, so it's very tough. And uh, I remember when the clubs reopened, I was um, playing at Latita for the opening night. And it was, I mean, we all kind of just, I think I cried about three times, you know, for videos. It's just, everyone was just going crazy, but also just, yeah, so emotional and no one, and surreal and no one really knowing how to, act you know to be yeah. in a room together again around people I mean it was really incredible but I think people are getting used to it now and there's maybe a little bit of fatigue now from all the socializing and everything um but yeah it's amazing but it's tiring I you had know, I, that we posted a picture of the I think the first time we found out the clubs were open we posted the um the Savoy in town the club had oof. posted that and I was like I can't believe that I am feeling so emotional over a post about the Savoy welcoming people back for Savoy Sundays. That's what lockdown did to us, I guess. We're all just very grateful. Long I, I, was just, I was just thinking about that, that being slightly rusty on social skills and stuff. And uh, see for the first uh, while, see if you accidentally met someone on the street and it wasn't a prearranged Zoom call. I was like, <laughs> I was panicking. I was like, you know, you know I had it in my Zoom diary here. What am I supposed to do? Um, but yeah, now now that we have reopened, I was wondering, Rebecca, the last time uh, I saw you was the opening of um, of Hooligan Wine Bar. Yes, that's when, great. When, when we were Hooligans that night. We were Hooligans. <laughs> uh, but I'm just wondering of, of, of some of the places that you've seen and, you know, like either um, renewing your relationship with some of your favourite places or some of the new places that you've seen. Um, can you tell me about some of the places you've noticed on your travels since we have Of been course, back yeah. Up? Um, we're actually down at um, your new place in SWG G3, Joanna. Um, oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I was down when we were down there. I went for my thirtieth uh, last month, and it was brilliant. Really, really liked it. Um, was in Celentano's uh, last night actually mm-hmm. in the old cathedral house, which yeah. is brilliant. It's the second time there. It's just yeah, it's just great. Really nice, simple Italian food. Um, big focus on a lot of uh, vegetarian plates as well. Um, hooligans, as you mentioned, um, much like on there on Saturday. Uh, I'm trying to think where else I've been. I think those are probably the three, the three new ones that have, that have been on my radar anyway. Yeah, I used to actually describe, uh, I described them my hundred best uh, restaurants of Glasgow book, uh, Joanna's Place Five March, is where your favourite local DJ probably likes to have their uh, have their cocktail. So I wonder <laughs> if I can ask you, Maya, where are your favourite places to... Where do the DJs actually have uh, their cocktails? Where, where the do the Yeah, exposing yourself mm. there, Paul. <laughs> I'm quite antisocial, actually, which is a bit ironic because I spend so much time in crowded clubs and stuff, I quite like to go somewhere more intimate. But, um, I really also, I li- also, I live south, so... I can't, I've been just hanging around more around here. I guess maybe that's after lockdown as well. Yeah. Still ingrained that I have to stay local a little bit. Um, so uh, El Luchador opened um, yeah, Queen Spark yeah. not long ago. And um, it's got a probably not so secret cocktail place in the, in the basement. That's absolutely incredible. And yeah. that's, it's a little bit like yeah. a speakeasy vibe and they do amazing cocktails. So I've been there quite a bit. Um, but yeah, if I do if I do venture west, I'll go to Five Marks. 
Joanna, you've got the the cafe Morning Glory on on Great Western Road. We were talking um, one, one uh, the previous podcast. We were talking to some of the the gang down on Victoria Road about what makes that kind of a, a special place for food and drink, an interesting place for for food and drink. And Great Western Road has certainly got a bit of a scene about it. Um, what, do, what what do you feel about kind of joining in on what's happening there in terms of turning the grand thoroughfare of Great Western Road into somewhere that's a real hot pot of uh, food and drink? It's really fun. I mean, it's just a completely different thing because Five March obviously is kind of tucked away, so you have to know about it to get there, which is part of what we really loved about it, but also does make it a lot harder because you need mm-hmm. people to know. Otherwise, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> that was, I mean, thank goodness people came. Because, I mean, yeah. it would have been terrible. Um, so Great Western Road's totally different because it's so much football, um, which just means that, you know, you can kind of, I think, in some ways you can kind of do a bit more of what you want because you've got so many people coming by anyway. Um, but it's just a totally different different little project. I mean, Morning Glory is just like, it's just easy and light and fun and it's just meant to be somewhere you can go and just disappear. It's such a busy little street, so we try to make it really spacious and calm on the inside. So you just kind of, literally just disappear off a main road into yeah. like a, little, a little place. I mean, it's, it's quite, thankfully, it seems quite busy, so I'm not sure how calm it is in there now. It's a little busy. Um, it's, it's been really nice to have all of those neighbours around as well because there's just so many different big projects that have been coming up along Great Western Road, obviously with the development of the old Arnold Clark garage and amazing restaurants yeah. going in, so it really feels like there's quite a lot of, um, just quite a lot of energy and excitement that's been going in there recently. So it's nice to be involved. It must be quite nice to have such distinct kind of, because you've got your pop-up just now, obviously at SWG3 and then Morning Glory and then 5 March, but they're all super individual. I think you can definitely tell you guys have such a distinct feel about these, but that's quite a range you guys have on at the moment after lockdown and stuff as well. You must be a bit, it, it was It was a lot. Um, <laughs> I, was, um, I honestly thought I was going to lose my mind at one point, but it's, well, I don't know if I can say I haven't lost my mind, but I'm pulling it off <laughs> well anyway. Um, but Pete and I travelled for, for years and years, and Pete lived in Australia for 20 years, and I kind of lived in and out of America and various like little projects all over the world for about six or seven years. So we've both just got so many different we've seen so many different cultures and we've tasted so many different foods and you know it's just quite fun when you get together and it's like what do you want to do mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, we are actually very kind of almost self-absorbed in that respect because it's literally just what we want to do what we want to eat or like where would you like to spend time and try and build something so um it's been really fun we've actually just taken a new place but i don't know if i should talk about what it's a little thing but um, yeah, it's quite exciting. Where is it? What's it it's called? It's right next door to Five March, which is absolutely oh. perfect. Um, it's just mm-hmm. another wee cafe. Um, but hopefully right. we're going to be able well, to start cool. putting a lot more of it on um, kind of using the space for community projects at night. So we're just going to run it really early morning yeah. and then in the afternoons. I'm going to try and work with some. Well, if you're if you're looking for a caterer or a DJ, I have some suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you mean my fault and not you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, I don't know. I could I could spend some Glasgow with tracks. I don't know. You headphone thing going on. You know, you sit it. Are you involved quite heavily in the menu planning and uh, for across your restaurants, Joanna? Do you take um, quite a lot of involvement with the chefs as well? Yes, depends who you talk to on that one. <laughs> um, no, Peter is very much the kind of leading light in all of these things. I mean, he is certainly the one mm-hmm. with a huge amount of experience mm-hmm. in regards to that. But um, I, I, I get to have my opinions on things. Um, I think initially that wasn't how it was going to work. Um, but I mean, Pete and I have just, you know, it's been three and a half years, <clears throat> beg your pardon, and we've just had so much time to kind of meld together. And I think reluctantly he has started to 
acknowledge the fact that having done this for 15 years, I might have a clue about it. <laughs> You're getting to have your say. <laughs> very, you know, his kind of very chefy ego for five minutes, but uh, we're such good friends and it's yeah. just also easy now that he gives me a bit of hassle if he doesn't like the way I've painted some wall or something and you know, I get to kind of noise him up about maybe how the menu's not quite as balanced as I want it to be. So it's good. We've got a great little kind of symbiosis going at the moment. Until next time we have an argument, which will be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Maya, when's the next time we can uh, hear you play techno really loud and dance? Techno really loud? Uh, next weekend, the 20th. Oh, hmm. um, I've got my own club night, night rave at La Cheetah. So I'll Which is below Max's, right? That's yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you think there's a quite a bit of crossover between like the the music community and the food and drink community? I kind of get the sense that every kind of uh, aspiring musician or established musician has worked in hospitality at some kind of stage. Yeah. Like they've all got yeah. pals that hang out together and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think especially in Glasgow, because it's so small, there's just that opportunity to do that and to try everything and to hang out. Because I mean, when I lived in London for ten years, and it was just more difficult to do anything like that so yeah um yeah I, th I think so but yeah all of us have definitely at some point worked in hospitality so we appreciate what you do for us and understand <laughs> it's definitely well like everyone that you know you finish working you in a bar you finish work at midnight you're going to a club for a few exactly drinks. exactly <laughs> yeah. and we come to you before so there's exactly. that. another symbiosis is beautiful. And then the next yeah. day for a big role from Morning Glory, if yeah. you need of it. Amazing. It's literally the circle of life. I love that. <laughs> and secretly, oh, open places that will just look after me all the time. So at some point, if I can get a wee, like, small hotel that will just put me to bed if I'm tired and can't be bothered. Amazing. Going, That's a full really set. Complete the circle of life, you know. <laughs> Oh man, well on that kind of existential note, the meaning of life there, I think we're going to kind of be wrapping up there soon, guys. But thank you so much to Joanna, Rebecca and Maya. That was a super fun chat. That was really good and a crazy week for everybody. So it's nice to touch in with people and see that we're all still sane across the board, almost. Thank you guys so much. And I think we will maybe let you guys go to them. Me and Paula have our, our usual wee natter about everything that's going on. Thank Thanks you. Very Brilliant. Thank you. Thank Bye. You. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Hello. Hello. Hi. And then number oh. two. As per usual, the last two standing. Oh, that was good fun. That was a good chat. They're great. And yeah, I do like that whole kind of crossover. I do like the fact that in Glasgow, you can go into a cafe and you could probably get a bit of an album going and you could find someone to do the cover art. Uh, you could probably find someone that could make sandwiches for the tour. Um, it's just all, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of creativity you find in the little corners from cafes to restaurants and all the rest of it. It's more than just uh, what's on the plate, Sarah. God, we are getting very existential. <laughs> let's change, change. I know, my goodness, that's heavy. Let's, let, let's change tack a little bit. And um, I, in amongst all the uh, the, the, the cacophony of uh, content that's been on the uh, Glasgow Times. content. Well, it's, it's <laughs> that's been, a phrase. <laughs> It's been a, it's been ferocious the output from uh, the Glasgow Times this week, um, both covering uh, COP twenty six and everything else that's been happening in the city. It's, it's been a really strange, strange week for the yeah. city of Glasgow. But in amongst all that, um, is there anything food and drink wise that you've um, that's really caught your eye, or is there anything coming up that um, we should be looking out for? 
Oh, man, well, as you say, I kind of have not been able to give it my full attention as I'd like to. But within that, there is still always food and drink in Glasgow. Um, especially, I think, dare I say it, coming close to the festive season or people are talking about Christmas parties. So I went to the Stravagan okay. to see The Cellar, which has just opened. It was a wonderful night. There was I love Stravagan. Oh, so what, amazing. what like they've have they changed much about it or is it kind of same similar food but they've just spruced it up or what's happening? Well, I think when I when I tried it, it was kind of a tasting menu, which is probably right. geared towards the festive thing. It's a beautiful event space downstairs. Um, just you know, proper class, stunning wee small plates that were each one was beautiful, really well done. Not your usual tacky Christmas buffet, let's say, well above and beyond, and I was blown away. I think. If I should be so lucky to have a Christmas night out there, I'd be winning. Yeah, It'd be good. And um, you know, one of, one of the great ambassadors for uh, Glasgow food and drink this week has been Leonardo DiCaprio. Who thought? Just he just can't <laughs> stay in his hotel. This guy is on it. It's, mm. If he's not cutting about Mary Howe, he's storming into the Citizen Bar. And uh, you know, like I was able to write yesterday that uh, he was spotted uh, coming out of uh, the Gannet on 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 Monday night. Uh, greeted to, by mm-hmm. cheers on the street, um, but yeah, a big I mean, favorite of he, yours. You must feel quite vindicated that Leo enjoys the same restaurant yes. you do. He's, <laughs> uh, he's he's basically been reading my best of Scotland guide, uh, my best of Glasgow guide, and, and following all the steps. Um, but do you know what I've actually enjoyed this week as well, Sarah? I've enjoyed seeing all the, the pictures that, that the international media and everyone else have, have been posting, just of like really nice sunsets and sunrises yeah. and views across Kelvin Grove and stuff like that. I mean, not only that, but I think like, do you know, it's mad seeing like Patty Smith on Socky Hall Street or the <laughs> yeah. president, uh, the prime minister of the Bahamas in Brell. You're like, I've yeah. been there. That's so once in a lifetime. I know people are saying that all the time, but it feels like that. The, the bet that got me was. Uh, Comedian Lemmy spots um, John Kerry, former Secretary of State, mm-hmm. across the street. No, it's a, it's a remarkable yeah. thing. We'll never get this again. Okay. Yeah, and on that note, guys, I think we're actually wrapping up here. So we'll Almost have to say out. thank you to everybody. Thank you to our guests today, our producers, Elle and Emma. And I hope that everyone in Glasgow is keeping same with COP and enjoying themselves because yeah. of time. Thanks Bye, guys. <laughs> This podcast was brought to you by the Glasgow Times. With a digital subscription, you can access our exclusive, insightful and trustworthy local news from just £2 for two months. We are also currently offering 20% off an annual rate for the code's Glasgow Times News. This offers for new subscribers only and is only available with the promotional code. Subscriptions will renew at the standard rates unless cancelled.